from us taking birth, and it's natural that we go through the process of old age and sickness and eventually death. And so we see in the news these days with uh, the COVID pandemic, and this is very apparent. Uh, but in this province, um, it's been a hundred days that have passed where no one knew has contracted the virus uh, until there was just one person who got it recently. Uh, but they weren't able to trace where they got the virus from, who they'd been in contact with. We see that it's uh, natural for there to be dangers like this in the world. Um, and it's um, tough these days. And so for those provinces that are close to the borders of other countries, where many people are coming into Thailand um, trying to get away from the pandemic there. And we have to be careful and uh, use things frugally because there may be a second round of COVID coming again. So in Rayong province, if just one person gets the virus, then people are afraid already. But in other provinces, say Nontaburi, um, if one person gets it, then that's quite normal. They're very close to Bangkok, close to the uh, densely populated areas. So we need to prepare ourselves. We need to uh, be careful if we are... Um, associating with many people. But really, in conclusion, it's a matter of the karma that we've created. And if we've made the karma to get sick and uh, pass away, then that will probably happen. But if we haven't created the causes for that, um, then we'll have a long life. So it depends on the karma that we've made. But we also need to be cautious in the present moment because we have both our past karma and also the karma we make in the present moment, and they both interact. And some people say that they are just living in accordance with the karma they've created in the past, and so it doesn't matter what they do now. But we have to understand we also have the actions that we create in the present moment. So just like if in the past there was someone who was quite lazy, but they change their ways and they become very energetic and diligent, um, then they'll be able to solve the difficulties that they've got themselves into. And likewise, if someone was in the past very energetic, but they turn lazy, um, then they'll go through new difficulties. So we're always creating kamma. Just like the people who have come here to offer food in the morning and come uh, on a daily basis. And this is something, a good form of kamma that you do frequently. And there's the intention that you have to create this goodness and to train uh, like this. And um, I heard a story of a mother and a son, and the mother would take her son to 
the monastery very frequently, but they'd have to get up very early to do it. They'd have to wake up at 4 a.m. in order to travel here. So initially it was the mother who would wake her son up to go to the monastery. But then after a while, the son got familiar with this. And when he knew that it was time, it was the right day to go to the monastery, then he would be the one waking his mother up. So he'd have that feeling in his heart, and it would be, he'd be able to wake up first. So for us who create goodness on a regular basis, then it's easy to do it. But for those who are unfamiliar with that, it's very tough. They may get just tired and they're not able to overcome that. But we do need to have this sincerity in order to pass over the obstacles that we experience. And if we're lacking in that sincerity, then just some small abstraction will be able to defeat us. So it's the same for uh, the practice as well, that there are many different obstructions to peace of heart. But really the basis of all of our minds is this knowing element, it's all the same. And the heart in its pure state is very bright and radiant. It's just that these defilements come into the heart. So we need to train, to train our minds, to bring up knowledge, to cultivate mindfulness and wisdom internally. And so we can uh, steadily develop this inner brightness. And our minds walk along this path until in the end there's nothing that can bring them down. There's nothing that can make them sad or dejected. And this mind is the jitta which has the highest quality. It's the mind that has uh, reached Nibbāna. So this word uh, Nibbāna is something that was used quite regularly in very common usage uh, during the time of the Buddha. So they would say, for example, um, when they're taken the pot of rice off the fire, then after a while they'd say it had nibbanad already, that it had become cool. But as we're practicing, it's not the case that we experience this nibbana 100%. There's just some parts that are cool, and it's cool temporarily. So we have this temporary letting go, which gives us a temporary nibbana this inner sense of peace and ease. And sometimes people can ask, is that all there is to it? There's no special practice. And really, that is it. This is the practice. This is the way that we solve the suffering we have. And if we don't have any suffering, then there's nothing else. If there's no stress, then there's nothing left to do. And this means that uh, sati has reached a point of fullness. So this uh, developing of sati, of mindfulness, to a point of completion is the fastest route. So there was one student who once asked Limpucha, 
what the shortcut is, what the fastest way to practice is. And he answered with saying that the fastest way is not to do anything. I was sitting next to him at the time, and I wondered, well, is that actually right? If you don't do anything, then what are you going to see? What are you going to know? I mean, even with me, I do a lot of sitting meditation, walking meditation, and I haven't gained much knowledge yet. So if you don't do anything, then how are you going to gain anything? But after time, as the years passed, and I contemplated into this teaching of Lumpur Cha, slowly I began to understand it. What he was pointing to was this fullness of mindfulness. It's just like a very wealthy person who has everything materially. They have nothing left to do. They can just let go. They've worked a lot in the past, but now they're at ease because they've already established their businesses. They have other people working for them and taking care of it for them. And they've gained all of this money. And so they can just feel at ease. They have nothing left to do. But the question is, what is the cause of that ease? So one of the, these causes is um, our sacrifices. And we do need to cultivate um, this giving up. Because it's the nature of the mind that it will attach to things as me and as mine. It'll attach to our possessions. So we have to try to develop sacrifice slowly but surely. And as we do this frequently, it turns into a habit. So we can develop both skillful and unskillful habits, habits that are meritorious and habits that aren't. So if we do a lot of very bad deeds, um, after a while this turns into a habit for us. So there was one time when I was younger that I was sitting in a car and there was a child who was also traveling in that car. And his father worked in a slaughterhouse. And he told me that it's very easy to kill other beings. That uh, his father had did this and it was a habit for him. And, um, and so with being his child and going to the slaughterhouse as well, it was something that uh, he could do quite easily. So the things that we do, the things that we're familiar with, they turn into habits. So just like a thief or someone who drinks alcohol or does drugs on a regular basis, this turns into a habit for them. But it's also the same for the precepts that if we keep this uh, level of virtue and do it on a regular basis, then it becomes something that we're very familiar with. And it's not difficult. It's easy for us to develop our lives and our minds in this way. So we develop this path of generosity, of virtue, and of inner cultivation. And we need to practice doing walking meditation, sitting meditation, and if, we ne if we've never done that before, then it's very tough. And just sitting for 30 minutes is an excruciatingly long period of time. So for myself, when I was younger, 
I had sat in meditation as a child and experienced a great sense of ease, both in my body and in my heart. But I just left it at that. I didn't uh, pursue that any further. And this nature of delusion uh, swamped my heart. I didn't take up this practice in any con continuous way. But after a while, I thought about that samadhi that I had once experienced, so I tried it again. I sat meditation, closed my eyes, and there was just uh, this frantic, chaotic nature in my mind. You know, just thoughts going on and on, and swirling about all over the place. And it felt like I'd never sit sat in meditation before. I closed my eyes and everything was hot. There was this great heat in my heart. I asked myself, well, if it's this hot, am I going to fall into hell? There were so many uh, emotions and sense impressions that were flooding my heart. And I hadn't spent any time clearing my mind, making it clean. So all I saw was just chaos and confusion. But I persisted with it. I started with five minutes, and that was all I could take initially. And then moved up to 10 minutes, then 15 minutes. So little by little, I was able to regain what I once had. And I could sit for an hour. And then my mind felt very light. My body felt buoyant. And I was able to reach a point of rest for my heart. So it was very useful when I went to work and came back again. I'd feel quite exhausted from that work. So I sat in meditation, went into a place of samadhi, and gained a lot of energy and lightness. It was a way of clearing and cleaning the heart. Just like we take a shower after work to clean our body, so we use the Dhamma to clean our minds, to recharge the batteries in our hearts to bring up an inner state of peace, brightness and ease. So this brightness and the ease uh, in our minds become the causes for wisdom to arise. I tried keeping the eight precepts. Initially, I just did this on the lunar observance days. Um, and if we've done this before, then it's not so tough. I also try going to the monastery and staying up all night on these lunar observance days, not sleeping, meditating the whole night. Uh, but for the people here, we need to take stock of ourselves as well. We need to have a sense of how much energy we have, the duties that we have. If we have to work a lot the next day, um, then maybe it's not a good idea. So we do need to uh, practice in accordance with our inner resources and how much energy we have. But if we have done it before, then it's not so tough. It's something that we can do. Just like if we've learned how to drive a car, but then we uh, don't do that, we don't use that skill for many years, for 20 years, then after that time, we get behind the wheel again. Well, it's not doesn't take so long for us to regain that skill. So for people who have attained to Sotapanna and then have been born 
again into this world, uh, well, we understand that sotapanas, they don't have an eighth life. So when they gain rebirth, um, they do have to train again. So they gain a new life and they have to uh, undergo the training anew. But because of all of the parami that they have developed, it's not long before they reach understanding. So for those who um, attain this level of sotapanna, um, they just have seven lives. And during that time, they use it to cultivate their paramis. So for us, maybe we've developed a lot of goodness, a lot of parami in the past. Maybe our hearts aren't so deluded. And if they're able to clear themselves from this moha, from delusion, then we'll be able to understand the Dhamma. The Buddha taught all of us to not be heedless. And with every single in-breath and out-breath, the Buddha recollected death. Venerable Ananda recollected death seven times a day, but that was too little. So we shouldn't be heedless in our lives or in our age either. And now, during this era of COVID, we do need to be especially cautious. Many people are flooding into Thailand from Burma because it's safer here. So we need to use our mindfulness and be very cautious if we're traveling about, if we have duties to attend to other places. Um, then as we travel, we uh, have our wits about us. We need to have them more with us than we did before. So in Thailand, um, everyone that I've noticed is wearing a face mask, and people have their um, hand wash with them, and they're protecting themselves and protecting each other very well. And wherever I go, I notice that people are following these procedures very well. So we do need to be cautious. Um, even though our lives follow the karma that we've made, we still need to be careful as well. But I ask for the power of the Triple Gem to keep everyone safe and strong. <laughs>